0: From the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins.
1: Well, hello, everyone, and welcome once again to Washington Watch. Coming up, Project Veritas captures Pfizer scientists admitting what the government won't. Natural immunity is stronger than the vaccine. So
2: should I get the vaccine?
1: Wait. So If
0: your immunity starts to wane, then get vaccinated.
2: well
1: protected like as much as the vaccine probably more that was an undercover video by uh, project veritas we'll talk more about that later so why the vaccine mandate just yesterday in new york the largest hospital system northwell health fired 1400 workers for declining the vaccine many of whom had natural immunity is president biden trying to create a crisis in america's health care system We'll ask Senator Rand Paul of Kentucky. Also, the
3: first time in human history that something can be totally free. Yet, nevertheless, needs to be paid for. The Democrat socialist logic has become so advanced. They have transcended
1: mathematics itself. That was Senate Republican leader Mitch McConnell earlier today discussing the Democrats three point five trillion dollar plus reconciliation bill. That is nothing more than a reckless tax and spend spree, according to the leader. Arkansas Senator John Bozeman, a member of the Senate Committee on Appropriations, is here with the latest on the efforts to raise the debt ceiling and pass the massive $3.5 trillion reconciliation bill. Also on Capitol Hill today, Missouri Senator Josh Hawley sounded the alarm over an announcement by the U.S. Attorney General, Mary Garland, Yesterday, Garland said that the Department of Justice was launching a task force targeting what he called a, quote, disturbing trend of parents showing up at school boards and demanding an end to COVID-19 restrictions and critical race theory curriculum.
4: You are attempting to intimidate them. You are attempting to silence them. You are attempting to interfere with their rights as parents and, yes, with their rights as voters. This is wrong. This is dangerous.
1: Is this the role of the Department of Justice? We'll talk with a member of the House Judiciary Committee, Louisiana Congressman Mike Johnson. Could it be that parents are gaining ground in the battle to stop the indoctrination of our children and... Quite frankly, the left doesn't like it, so they are trying to intimidate parents into silence. Meg Kilgannon, Senior Fellow for Education Studies here at the Family Research Council, will stop by the studio with the latest on what is happening in classrooms and school board meetings across the nation. And late this afternoon, a Marine Corps spokesman announced that Lieutenant Colonel Stuart uh, Schiller, whose mother, uh, Kathy, joined me yesterday on the program, uh, was being released from the brig pending a trial by court-martial. The gag order remains in a place preventing uh, him from ta- talking to the media or posting on social media. Lieutenant Colonel Scheller has asked that the Secretary of the Navy accept the resignation of his commission. We'll continue to watch this story as it unfolds. And tomorrow night it begins the first Pray Vote Stand Summit. It's at Cornerstone Chapel in Leesburg, Virginia, beginning at 7 p.m. Eastern time. To find out more about how you can be a part of it, go to prayvotestand.org. Also, encourage you to download FRC Stand Firm app. You can listen to Washington Watch on the app and read the latest from the FRC team. More importantly, you'll get alerts at the federal and state level so that you can take action on important issues. Visit frc.org slash app or type standfirm where you get the apps for your phone. Also, I want to encourage you, uh, Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia is courageously refusing to to back President Biden's $3.5 trillion spending bill unless it includes the Hyde Amendment, which prohibits federal funding of abortion. Uh, So I encourage you to encourage Senator Manchin. You can find out how by going to uh, TonyPerkins.com. You'll follow the links over there and send him a note of encouragement to stand for Hyde against the efforts of the Democrats to force taxpayer funding of abortion. All right. As I mentioned yesterday, a spokesman for Northwell Health, New York's largest private health care provider, confirmed that it had to, quote, exit some 1,400 employees who refused to get COVID shots. So now the company can boast that its employees are 100% vaccinated. Unfortunately, Northwell Health won't be the last to make that claim as vaccine mandates continue to force Americans to get the jab or lose their job. That includes even those who have natural immunity, which, as I mentioned earlier, scientists at Pfizer admitted in this latest undercover video by Project Veritas is probably better than their vaccine.
0: Your vaccine protected most likely for longer since it was a natural response.
5: We're like bred and taught to be like, like, vaccine is safer than, than actually getting COVID. You cannot like talk about this in, in public. If you have antibodies built up, like you should be able to prove that you have those built up. I
0: mean, I still feel like I work for like an evil corporation. We're trying to keep track of everyone that's been vaccinated versus the census of how many people are actually reported. Basically, our... Um, organization is run on COVID money now. You don't talk about anything that can possibly
1: implicate you or like big fight. As surprising as these confessions may be, my first guest will tell you that there is plenty of data out there that makes the case for natural immunity. With me now is Senator Rand Paul of Kentucky, who last week grilled the secretary of HHS, Secretary Becerra on the issue of natural immunity during a Senate committee hearing. Senator Paul is a medical doctor who owned his own ophthalmology practice and performed eye surgery for 18 years. Senator, welcome back to the program.
5: Well, thanks for having me. You know, this this shouldn't surprise us. You know, the thing is, is, if you've had basic high school science, you realize that vaccines are actually based on what happens naturally. When you get an infection, you develop an immune response. A vaccine is trying to simulate what you get naturally when you get an immune response from having it. There's really probably not a scientist, including Dr. Fauci out there, that actually will deny it, but they act sort of uh, flummoxed or perplexed because they have an agenda. And Dr. Fauci feels that you aren't smart enough to quite make these decisions. So he has to shade the truth. He has to give you the truth that he thinks you're able to capable of understanding and still do what he thinks you should, you ought to do. And so the thing is, is the studies are, are very clear on this. There's a study out of Israel, two and a half million people. That's a large study. And it shows that if you've had the disease and uh, what are the odds of you getting hospitalized? Seven times less than if you've only been vaccinated. This isn't an argument against being vaccinated. I think people should get vaccinated who are in high-risk groups, voluntarily so. You should try to persuade them. But at the same time, for people who have already had the disease, particularly young people who have had the disease, there really is no evidence that uh, you have to get vaccinated or if, that the vaccine in any way is better than natural immunity.
1: So, Senator, let me ask you about that because uh, the Dr. Fauci uh, Secretary Becerra, none of them want to have a conversation about natural immunity. And we just saw what happened in New York yesterday, the largest health care system firing 1,400 employees for not getting vaccinated. And that's just really kind of a picture of what's going to happen across the nation if this mandate goes into effect by the president. Is the Biden administration... Trying to create a healthcare crisis where we already have a, a healthcare system that is, has a shortage of personnel. This will only make matters worse. One thing's for certain, the Biden
5: administration is not following the science. You know, those on the left say, oh, they're the followers of science and the rest of us aren't. The science shows that natural immunity works when you've had COVID, that it's as good or better than the vaccine. Think about it this way, too. Hospitals, doctors, nurses, orderlies, everybody working in the hospital risk their life for over a year when there was no vaccine and not very good treatment, they risked their lives to take care of all of us. Many of them got COVID and now have immunity. And how are they paid back by their employer? They're, they're slapped away and said, unless you submit to our will, you can no longer work here, even though it goes against the science. The science does not support what the hospitals are doing here. It shows a callous disregard for their employees. And frankly, you know, hopefully there will be hospitals and, and uh, opportunities for these people to go somewhere else. There are a few health systems out there that are allowing people to come back to work if they have proof that they'd have the infection previously. But I, I find this very insulting to both science, but also to these workers who risk their lives to take care of all of us.
1: So Senator Paul, what, what's the solution here? How are we going to address this issue? You know, I think it's difficult
5: because that in a free country, Um, employers do have rights to make certain rules on employment. So I don't know that the government can forbid them from these rules, but they're making these rules based on faulty advice from government. So one thing you could do to correct this is uh, send Dr. Fauci packing. He disseminates more bad information and misinformation than probably anybody ever has in the history of public health. I'll give you an example. If one of your viewers is 80 years old and they're taking care of their spouse who's about the same age, who has COVID, if they go into the room to take care of them and they're wearing a cloth mask, they're greatly increasing their risk of getting the disease from their spouse. If they wear an N95 mask, they have a fighting chance to not get the infection from their spouse. They can also take monoclonal antibodies, even if they're not yet infected. Do you hear Fauci telling you any of this? Instead, he spreads the misinformation that all masks are the same and everybody should wear them all the time. But if you tell people to wear a cloth mask, you're telling people to wear what the doctors don't wear, the nurses don't wear them, and you're putting them at risk through misinformation. So it's an upside down world. We have Facebook or YouTube bans me saying that cloth masks don't work when in reality, if people would listen to me, we could save lives. I've also been saying that monoclonal antibodies can be given to spouses who are not yet infected, and the studies show that you can save lives that way. That's not being told by the government either. So I'm put in the category of spreading misinformation when the reality is Dr. Fauci, who's top of the food chain, is spreading way more misinformation than anybody ever could, and actually lives are being cost. The thing is, he ignores natural immunity. So what's he trying to do? Force the vaccine on younger and younger patients. They've not yet studied whether or not if you're a 15-year-old and you've had COVID and you give you the vaccine, is there an increased risk side effects. They haven't studied it because the people who've had COVID are excluded from the studies. So we don't know yet whether if you've had COVID and you're a young person, whether the vaccine might have harm. In general, I'm not arguing against the vaccine. For the most part, I am for it for high-risk people. But everybody should have a choice, and particularly young people. A 85-year-old has a 10,000 times greater chance of dying than a 10-year-old. You think we should force the same thing on both or tell them even the same advice? The advice is way different for an 85-year-old or 75-year-old than it should be a 10-year-old. But this makes common sense, but it's all coming from the top down. The one thing we could do is get rid of Dr. Fauci immediately.
1: I I agree with you on all the above. Uh, I'm not against the vaccine, but I think it's a, a decision that individuals need to make in consultation with their doctors based upon their situation. And I agree with you. I think Dr. Fauci uh, needs to go into uh, retirement. Uh, Senator Rand Paul, great to be with you. Um, I wanted to get the Title 10 funding, a rule that was changed uh, today by the Biden administration, but we're, we're out of time. But it's an issue I know that you care deeply about because you've been fighting to defund Planned Parenthood and protect the unborn. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you. All right, folks, uh, stick with us. Coming up, President Biden has said that if you're concerned about inflation, you should get behind his multi-trillion dollar Build Back Better plan. By that logic, if you have privacy concerns, you should get behind it as well because included in the plan is a proposal to allow the IRS to snoop into every American's bank account to examine transactions that are $600 or greater. What does that mean? Well, we'll find out after the break. Don't go away. More Washington Watch to come right after this.
6: With tech censorship on the rise, we've increasingly seen the cancellation of conservatives and Christians. At Family Research Council, we want to be proactive about making sure big tech doesn't completely silence us. We want to stay connected with you, and so we've created a tech subscription platform. That way, if we are canceled, you can still find updates on faith, family, and freedom. You can get FRC's content straight to your phone by signing up for our text alerts. Just text STAND to 67742. Again, text STAND to 67742. And FRC will send you special alerts on the issues of the day. By subscribing, you'll also be one of the first to know about our upcoming events and programs. All of this info is yours with just a simple text. We want you to always have access to the content that will help you stand for what's right and keep you connected with like-minded community. Just text STAND to 67742 and be the most informed person you know. Join us for FRC and FRC
0: Action's inaugural Pray Vote Stand Summit. In light of the growing opposition our culture has expressed against biblical principles and to the truth of God's word, we've launched Pray, Vote, Stand Summit to equip and encourage Christians to respond to this opposition from a biblical worldview. We will address issues such as protecting the unborn, the importance of the nuclear family, domestic and international religious liberty, developments in our nation's education system, and more. We see the need for the restoration of a biblical foundation in our nation and the necessity to equip Christians to effectively engage the culture and understand current events through a biblical lens. Join us at Cornerstone Chapel in Leesburg, Virginia from October 6th through the 8th for the Pray, Vote, Stand Summit. Register online at prayvotestand.org slash summit or by calling 877-372-2808.
7: More than ever before, Christians need to be grounded in the truth of God's word and be prepared to articulate them in a winsome manner. That is why Family Research Council has launched the Center for Biblical Worldview. By applying the Bible and the historical teachings of the church to a wide range of relevant issues, including voting, religious liberty, abortion, marriage, and sexuality, experts at the center have provided resources to help christians live by a biblical worldview to understand why scripture must be authoritative and to equip believers to advance and defend the faith in the workplace in schools in their communities and in the public square access free resources like the biblical worldview series at frc.org worldview to get highlights of the latest work of the worldview fellows including their latest blogs Op eds interviews, and publications. Sign up at slash subscriptions.
1: Welcome back to Washington Watch. I'm your host, Tony Perkins. Coming up uh, tomorrow night, Prayvote Stand Summit, tomorrow, Thursday, and Friday. find out more, go to prayvotestand.org. All right, Democrats are trying to cast Senate Republican Leader Mitch McConnell as the villain in the debt ceiling drama, with the president saying yesterday that it is up to the Kentucky senator whether or not the U.S. will pay its debts. But Leader McConnell continues to point to the fact that the ball is really in the Democrats' court.
3: The majority doesn't need our votes. They just want a partisan. they just want a bipartisan shortcut around procedural hurdles they can actually clear on their own. And they want that shortcut so they can pivot right back to partisan spending as fast as possible.
1: With less than two weeks before the estimated October 18th deadline to raise the debt ceiling, will the Democrats change course or continue toward a head-on collision that they'll blame the Republicans for? Joining now to talk about this and more is U.S. Senator John Bozeman, of arkansas who serves on the committee on appropriations and the committee on environment and public work senator welcome back to the program hey tony thank you so much for having me as always so Appreciate the, you. Uh, good to have you senator but what what's going to happen here i mean the democrats blaming the republicans uh, for not raising the debt ceiling and they've got the power to do it themselves
8: they do have the power to do it themselves this is something that Senator McConnell's been talking about for the last three months, saying that we're not going to do it. And it's really extraordinary, Tony. There's no Republican that's thinking about doing this at all. Uh, this is, you can't have a, a situation where you pass $1.9 trillion worth of spending, extraordinary amount of money, coming back, trying to spend another three and a half to four trillion. They're balking it now at that now because the public is. But three and a half, four trillion dollars. And then all of a sudden say, well, you know, we've excluded you from all the hearings, stakeholders, whatever. But now we want you to help us raise, help you, help us help you pay for this through raising the debt. It's absolutely crazy.
1: Yeah, they're we not asking
8: clear, we're simply not going to do
1: that. They're not asking for your help when it comes to the uh, 3.5 or 4.3 trillion that they want to spend. They just want you to give them a blank check. I, I, I didn't mention, it. I haven't mentioned it actually in a, in a couple of weeks, but what they actually proposed or last week, I should say, what they proposed in the CR was a debt ceiling raise with no limit. They want a blank check in terms of how much debt they can amass.
8: Right, and it's important to remember, also Tony, that that when uh, it was President Biden—I'm sorry, Senator Biden versus President Biden, and Senator Obama versus President Obama, and uh, and Senator Schumer also—all of them, when Republicans were under control, in control, uh, they voted against the vaccine themselves. So this is something that goes on all the time. Although generally, you'll have a few crossing over. But because of the way that they've done this, because of the way they've excluded Republicans, you're simply not getting any crossover at all. You're not getting any buy-in. There's simply no reason for Republicans to support uh, this legislation, as you say, as a blank check. That's one of the main reasons that they're balking is, is they don't want to put their names. It's one thing to say, well, we'll, we'll do the debt ceiling until uh, December of 23 or, you know, pick a number. Uh, on the other hand, to say, well, we need to raise the debt ceiling to 30 some odd trillion dollars because of the extraordinary spending we're going to do in the next few years. Uh, I think that really
1: exposes to the American public how serious this is. So, Senator Bozeman, let, let's switch gears to look at that reconciliation uh, bill that uh, only requires uh, the 51 votes in the Senate to pass. trillion, 4.3, depending on who's counting here, but it's a lot of money regardless. Uh, It's a 2,500-page bill that passed out of the House, a lot of bad stuff tucked into it. One of them is a mandate, another mandate, that uh, financial institutions report on financial transactions of Americans to the Internal Revenue Service If the exchange is more than six hundred dollars at present, it's ten thousand dollars or more lowering it down to six hundred dollars. What's going on here?
8: Well, the bill, as you point out, is bad policy. You've got elements of the Green New Deal stuck into this significant increases in your gasoline, electricity, your energy prices, all of those kind of things going to be very, very inflationary. And then as we're talking about, the pay-fors are terrible. And right now, if you deposit or withdraw greater than $10,000, there's a reporting requirement. If you index that to inflation when that was put into effect decades ago, that should be $50,000 now. That was done for organized crime, things like that. What they're proposing now is every time you either withdraw or deposit, greater than $600, there's going to be a reporting requirement to the IRS. And uh, combined with that, they are hiring, uh, with the tune of $80 billion, tens of thousands of new IRS agents. So this is all about Big Brother. Tony, it really reminds me, and it was killed almost immediately, Uh, if you think back, you know, they talked about instead of having gas tax, they were going to do the recorded miles, and they were going to You know, it was automatically going to track where you went and then, you know, track the miles that you did each month. American public said, no, this is absolutely crazy. This is a similar thing over, over much more far reaching in regarding to try and track all of your financial uh, transactions. $600 now is nothing. And if they go forward with this, this humongous bill with inflation raising the way it is now, it's going to be that much less. So, it, you know, these things are crazy. The good news is that the American public is starting to stand
1: up and say no. And uh, very quickly, Senator, you have a you've joined on an effort to try to uh, put an end to this uh, federal snooping.
8: Oh, very much so. We're we're leading the charge. I'm also very, very uh, involved in agriculture. The, the pay-fors of this bill are just absolutely terrible. Um, elimination of stepped-up bases. They were talking about uh That has to do with inheritance, which would really be devastating to to family farms, small businesses, uh, doubling capital gains. The list goes on and on. We could talk about this for hours. And the good news is because of your hard work, Tony, and people like you, you're getting the message out. So the average American will understand how bad these things are. And I think this $600 reporting requirement really does.
1: That's that's outrageous. Uh, absolutely outrageous, outrageous uh, for the government snooping into almost every financial transaction a family would make during the course of a month. Senator, we're out of time. I want to thank you for joining us. As always, great to talk with you, Senator Bozeman. Thanks for uh, joining us today. Thank you so much for having me.
8: We appreciate
1: it. All right, folks, don't go away because the DOJ now is taking note of parents who have been flooding school board meetings. You won't believe what the Department of Justice wants to do. So, Mike Johnson.
2: But struggled to get in a groove? It can be hard, especially if you don't know where to start. Or how to understand and apply what you've read. Or maybe it's just that doing it alone has made it too easy to give up. Well, let me encourage you. You don't have to do this daily discipline alone. You can join Family Research Council's Stand on the Word two-year Bible reading plan. God's Word is necessary in our lives. So much so that Christ said we are to live on every word that comes from the mouth of God. He calls it our daily bread because we need it daily to sustain us and nourish us spiritually just like food does physically that is why we want to read the bible daily and we'd love for you to join us so we can stay grounded in god's truth and grow closer to god together our hope is that this plan will help you be transformed by god's word by reading and hearing it daily sign up to get the daily passages and questions today by visiting frc.org bible that's frc.org slash bible
1: This is Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins, your host. The website, TonyPerkins.com. Lots of resources there for you. Check it out. All right. The leader of the National School Boards Association, which claims to represent 90,000 school board members who govern 14,000 local public school districts across America, sent President Biden a letter last week saying, quote, immediate assistance is required, end quote, because of the pushback against the teaching of critical race theory in classrooms across America. Viola Garcia, president, interim uh, interim director and uh, CEO of uh, NSBA, said the actions of those showing up at school board meetings, quote, could be the equivalent to a form of domestic terrorism, end quote. Excuse me? I, I know what terrorism looks like, and parents demanding answers from arrogant school board members is not terrorism. It's called accountability. Well, it didn't take long for the Biden administration to respond. In fact, yesterday, the U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland announced that the Justice Department is, quote, committed to using its authority and resources to discourage these threats, identify them when they occur and prosecute them when appropriate, end quote. And the DOJ will even be involving the FBI, something that Senator Josh Hawley of Missouri spoke strongly against earlier today during a Senate Judiciary Committee hearing.
4: I think parents across this country are going to be stunned to learn, stunned, that if they show up at a local school board meeting, by the way, where they have the right to appear and be heard, where they have the right to say something about their children's education, where they have the right to vote, And you are attempting to intimidate them. You are attempting to silence them. You are attempting to interfere with their rights as parents and, yes, with their rights as voters. This is wrong. This is dangerous. And I cannot believe that an attorney general of the United States is engaging in this kind of conduct.
1: Well, joining me now to talk about the latest intimidation effort of the Biden administration is Congressman Mike Johnson, who is a member of the House Judiciary Committee. He represents the fourth congressional district of Louisiana and is part of the Republican leadership team in the House. Congressman, welcome back to the program.
3: Hey, Tony. It's always a pleasure. And Josh Hawley is exactly right on this.
1: So uh, your reaction to this announcement by DOJ.
3: Well, We're quickly becoming an authoritarian state. I mean, just consider what the top Democrats in Washington have done and said just over the last week, Tony. I mean, first, they want to intimidate private employers for allowing their employees to make their own health care decisions. And then now they've said that the IRS should be able to snoop into the private banking transactions of every American who has a transaction above $600 in a year. That's everybody. Right. And then now they want to turn the FBI loose to go after parents for speaking up at a school board meeting to oppose critical race theory, it, it, this is these are things that we couldn't have imagined even a few years ago. But this is Washington under Democrats' control, and we have to oppose it.
1: You know, I think this comes right out of the the book Rules for Radicals, where. Uh, It's about it's a Marxist ideology about labeling, marginalizing those who oppose you. And you heard the language coming from uh, Viola Garcia saying that this looks like domestic terrorism. So what do you think that's going to do to parents who were thinking about showing up at the local school board meeting?
3: Well, I hope they're not intimidated. We want to encourage them to go and speak up. It's never been more important than it is right now. I mean, Tony, you and I and others have been for years uh, trying to, to work to engage people of faith, concerned parents, to go and go to meetings like their local school board to have their say. We encourage people to audit the local curricula of their, their what their kids are learning in school. We encourage them to share that with people in their churches and their community. Um, And to be an engaged and active part of these decisions because it governs the life of your your own child and everyone in your community. And now you have the federal government, I mean, big power now telling you to stay home, sit down and be quiet. We should not. We should resist that. We have to because that's an important element of being an American and, and saving this great republic, this system of free government that we have.
1: You know, uh, Mike, I think my response would be if if you were sitting on the the fence thinking, I don't know if I should go to the school board meeting or not. Now you should not only go, but you should take about three or four people with you when you do go. I think the response should be overwhelming and that we should pack out these school board meetings and demand what the taxpayers and the parents want. That's an end to this indoctrination that's taking place with our children.
3: Yes. And there's a way to make an appeal, right? I mean, when when you and I and others, when we we talk to to, to community members, people of faith about getting engaged, there's a way to do that. There's no place for violence. We don't have to even raise our voices. But to be calm, be reasonable, explain your position and get others who agree with you to do the same. And you'll find that the vast majority of this country still agrees with us. They still believe in common sense. They do not want their children to be indoctrinated in public schools. And now is the time to speak up. We, we have to be engaged in the next election cycle, of course, to, to change who is uh, the ruling class in Washington. And, and we've got to do this at the local level. All, you know, politics is downstream from culture, as we always say. And this these battles are being done at the local level. That's where it's most important for your voice to be heard. And everybody ought to be engaged, as you said.
1: Congressman Mike Johnson up against a break. Uh, but I assume that you'll be asking questions of the. Uh... Department of Justice when they appear before your committee?
3: We can't wait. The House Judiciary Committee is raring to go, and there are a lot of questions to be asked. This is really getting out of control, and we've got to uh, stem the tide of this before it gets out of hand.
1: Well, Congressman Mike Johnson, we're glad you're there. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you, my friend. All right, uh, folks, on the other side of the break, we're going to continue this conversation, because here's what I think. Uh, What is happening here? The Department of Justice, uh, you know, saying, hey, 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 hey. We're going to start monitoring what's happening at these school board meetings. To me, that's an indication that, guess what? You're making a difference, and they don't like it. So what do we do? More of it. We're going to be talking with Meg Kilgannon next about what's happening in classrooms and school board meetings across the nation. Don't go away.
6: Are you a university student? Do you know a university student? Specifically, one who wants to grow as a Christian leader to influence public policy and culture? Look no further. Family Research Council has a life-changing 12- to 15-week internship program that prepares and equips students to take the next step in their professional journey. This paid internship offers fully funded housing in the heart of downtown D.C., giving interns the chance to experience our nation's capital. Visit frc.org internships to apply. Is real biblical masculinity
0: lost forever? In this culture of gender confusion, there are too few examples of godly manhood. So where can men, husbands, and fathers find a model of godly manhood, leadership, and strength in this culture? Try our Stand Courageous Men's Ministry. We seek to help men develop a strong biblical character, cultivate positive habits, build and rebuild relationships, and make commitments that will move men closer to God's good purpose and design. Men who will stand courageous. We invite you to join us at a Stand Courageous Men's Conference to discuss critical aspects of masculinity. These conferences are led by men who struggle with the same issues you do and we'll invest in unpacking our role as a defender, provider, instructor, and battle buddy so that we can have a generational influence as a chaplain inside and outside the home. Learn more and find a Stand Courageous
6: event near you at standcourageous.com. With tech censorship on the rise, we've increasingly seen the cancellation of conservatives and Christians. At Family Research Council, we want to be proactive about making sure big tech doesn't completely silence us. We want to stay connected with you, and so we've created a tech subscription platform. That way, if we are canceled, you can still find updates on faith, family, and freedom. You can get FRC's content straight to your phone by signing up for our text alerts. Just text Stan to 67742. Again, text STAND to 67742, and FRC will send you special alerts on the issues of the day. By subscribing, you'll also be one of the first to know about our upcoming events and programs. All of this info is yours with just a simple text. We want you to always have access to the content that will help you stand for what's right and keep you connected with like-minded community. Just text STAND to 67742 and be the most informed person you know. Welcome back. Tony Perkins,
1: and this is Washington Watch, the website, TonyPerkins.com. All right, I I didn't get to this with uh, Senator Paul at the top of the program, and I just want to mention I'll probably talk about it more tomorrow or uh, on Thursday. But today, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services issued a final rule, and I'm, I'm actually reading from the press statement from the Biden administration, to strengthen the Title X family planning program, fulfilling the Biden-Harris administration's commitment to restore access to equitable, affordable, client-centered, quality family planning services. All right, what does all that mean? Well, you might recall that uh, President Trump, uh, when uh, he was president, issued what was called a colocation location restriction. Uh, this was the fact that uh, Planned Parenthood facility could not receive family planning money and conduct abortions under the same roof. So it was kind of like putting a firewall between taxpayer funding and abortions that uh, President Reagan did that. Uh, Of course, when uh, Clinton came in, he did away with it. And we just got it back actually under President Trump. But the Biden administration, as usual, goes even further uh, to the left in their actions The Trump regulations did not allow for abortion referrals at all, okay? So you you could do family planning, but you couldn't use government money to say, all right, go down the street, take a left, and there's the abortion clinic. We think you need an abortion. You couldn't do that. Well, now, under the Biden administration, just to show you how elections have consequences, the Biden administration requires that these family planning uh, efforts include abortion referral. So you cannot participate in Title X programming if you don't refer for abortions. Big difference. Again, elections have consequences, as uh, Congressman Mike Johnson was talking about earlier. And as we were talking with him, uh, we were talking about the Justice Department's plan to use its authority and resources to discourage what they call threats against school administrators, board members, teachers, and staff. Now, no examples were provided. No, I've seen no arrest. I've heard nothing whatsoever in terms of what uh, Viola Garcia said, domestic terrorism. But I want to continue on this topic, turning our attention to the organization that spurred this new effort, the National School Board Association, as I mentioned, uh, Viola Garcia. Now, with me now to uh, shed some light on this is Meg Kilgannon, Senior Fellow for Education Studies here at the Family Research Council. Meg, welcome back to the program.
9: Hi, Tony. Great to be here.
1: Okay. Uh, I have to say, this kind of caught me off guard that they would be so brazen as to say, we're creating a task force to now focus on what's happening in these school board meetings across the country. I've seen no evidence of violence. Now, I've seen some unruly situations. I've seen arrogance on behalf of school board members. Um... What's going on here?
9: Yes, well, what's going on here is parents have seen, uh, they had a peek into the tent, so to speak, during the pandemic. They've seen what's going on in their children's schools. And they're expressing their opinion about what's going on in their children's schools to the people who Don't are in Don't they have charge. a right to do that? <laughs> well, you would think. Yeah, we sure do. We sure do. And the Justice Department has responded to this ridiculous request from the National School Board Association, uh, who is seeking to protect their members, members of school power. boards across they're, they're the seeking, country. They're, they're seeking right, to protect From the people, yeah. right? They're seeking to. Exactly. They want to protect us. They want to protect them from us.
1: This is this is about intimidating as Josh Hawley said as Mike Johnson said this is about intimidating parents and keeping them from going. Now here's the good news. Just as uh, the coronavirus had a silver lining and parents got to see all of the indoctrination from the leftists that was going on in the classrooms, this reveals to us that parents are actually making a difference.
9: Yes, exactly. We have made a difference. They don't want to hear from us anymore. They are not... They don't have any intention of changing things in the ways that parents are asking things to be changed. They don't have any intention of removing pornographic library books from the library. They don't have any intention of changing the course when it comes to critical race theory and segregating students in classrooms or whatever other racist material they want to put into the classroom. They have no intention of listening to parents. So to keep them from looking bad for not listening to us, they're trying to make it so that they don't have to listen to us by having the Department of Justice put the hammer down. It it really is um, just disgusting in, in so many ways. I mean, education is always the purview of parents, and then localities and states. And for a national organization to have the federal government, the full force of the federal government, come down on parents who are just trying to advocate for their children, is just obnoxious. It's not
1: unprecedented because the Obama administration did the same thing. Uh, there was a school in, uh, actually, Minnesota, Where the parents were opposed to the sexual indoctrination that was going through the bullying, anti-bullying program. Mm -hmm. And so the Southern Poverty Law Center, that impoverished organization, morally (laughs) impoverished organization, teamed up with the the Obama Department of Justice and actually labeled the parents group a hate hate group to silence them. So this is this. Again, this is not unprecedented. This is how the left works. They cannot debate their positions because there's nothing to hold them up with. So what do they do? They have to silence their opponents. So what is a parent to do?
9: Well, as a very smart man said in a meeting this morning, if you went to the school board meeting last week, this week you need to go back and take two friends. Yeah, this is the point that we that we know that they're hearing us. We need to go back and always being civil, right? We're always polite because the facts are on our side. We don't have to get ugly, right? But we're going to go back to the school board meetings and we're going to continue to press our points. We're going to make sure that school boards know that we're watching them. We will hold them accountable on Election Day. And until Election Day, we will make our views known, and we expect to have our views respected and acted upon.
1: And a parent has resources available to them to help them in this process.
9: Yes, we have resources available at FRC.org. We have papers there that explain some of the issues that are facing schools. And on FRCaction.org schools, we have our school board boot camp which goes over exactly uh, what's it like to be on a school board, what issues will you face on the school board, how do you run for school board, and then um, we did a an event very recently on filing FOIA requests. And so I would encourage every parent in the audience, every citizen in the audience to mark your calendar. This memo from the Department of Justice, from the Attorney General, says that his His decree must be acted on within 30 days. So mark your calendar for, let's say, 35 days from now and file your FOIA requests about how much time was spent uh, looking in with with the FBI and the state troopers and the local police looking into how to... Uh, you know, report parents for engaging in the school system. Yeah, that would
1: be great information to have, especially if you're going to run a campaign sure. uh, that you've got a school board that is using law enforcement to try to uh, weaponize against parents who simply want to know what's going on in the classroom. And
9: I, I would also really be interested to know exactly what are the threats that have prompted this draconian response.
1: Yeah, Oh, I, I, there was nothing. Nothing has been there's provided no, to, to show that there, I've not seen any news reports. Uh, the attorney general yesterday, when he announced this, did not give any specifics. Right. Nothing.
9: Right. So, if if the lives of school board members are being threatened, as this claims, well, that's a crime. You that is a crime, and, and we'd like can to be see dealt that prosecuted. With. That could be dealt with. You Absolutely. don't need a task
1: force from the FBI to well, do that.
9: And the FBI task force is, if you think about what happened to the the. Poor women on the U.S. gymnastics team. There was an FBI task force investigating that situation, and that that uh, perpetrator was allowed right. to continue.
1: Well, and here's here's something else people need to realize that not everything is a federal crime, True. Uh, and so these if if something has occurred. They want to look at how they can use their powers to prosecute crimes and to assist local law enforcement in incidents that are not federal crimes. So they want to figure out how they can prosecute non-federal crimes. Again, this is a massive overreach of power by the Department of Justice. Now, uh, we have coming up this week, talking about resources... And talk about this issue of education. The Pray Vote Stand Summit begins tomorrow night, 7 p.m. Eastern time at Cornerstone Chapel in Leesburg, Virginia, where Leesburg, Virginia, has been kind of the epicenter of this battle over the indoctrination of our children. And there's going to be um, a lot of focus, Meg, on education. Tell our viewers and listeners about that.
9: There absolutely will be. Um, particularly on Thursday, we're going to have two panels on Thursday about education. One of those panels will feature activists from all across the country who are impacting their local communities in their own individual ways. That will be inspiring for, for people in the audience and people watching at home. And then we're going to have a panel that features um tanner cross and the and the other two teachers who are suing loudon county public schools their attorney will be there and one of the leaders from the parents group um ian Pryor, will be there to discuss in great detail everything that's going on in that case and is going on in loudon county public schools since we're right there in loudon county but even if you're not living in loudon county What's happening there is very much representative of things that are the same kind of things that are happening all over the country. So it's important for people to to watch and listen um, and, and learn from those examples and see what you can apply in your own locality.
1: This is a, a very significant moment in the history of our country, obviously. But um, when you look at public education now, I, I'll just be very candid. You've heard me say this before. I think if you have any opportunity, get your kids out of public education. Uh, you made reference to this earlier about the parents having the rights and the responsibilities. I, I think God has given parents the responsibility and the authority to educate their children. You know, train up a child the way they should go. We're to teach them right from wrong. We're to teach them the way in which they should walk. Now, you can delegate the, uh, the authority but you can never delegate the responsibility. It always comes back to the parent. And when you see the type of indoctrination that's taking place and how the hearts and minds of children are being twisted and stolen by the left, um, we're, at a, we're at a crisis moment. And I think it requires significant, thoughtful, but intentional action. Now, that said, I'm not for abandoning public education right. because the, the vast majority of kids will always go into public education. Well, not always. I don't want to be fatalist sure. there. Sure, sure. Uh, But currently, that's but the that's case. That's the way it is now. But even though homeschooling has uh, more than doubled, Right. Uh, in the in the last year, as, yeah. as a result of the coronavirus, and and I think when you see things like California demanding that every child be vaccinated, both in public and private, right. Right. I think you're going to see a mass exodus from the public schools f- f- on, for a lot of reasons. But, uh, but, I mean, this is a golden moment. Yes, we need to seize it. Number one, we need to be in those school board meetings. We need to be on those school boards but not at the risk of sacrificing our children in that public system as it presently stands.
9: Absolutely. Uh, That is absolutely true. Um, Just because you have pulled your own children out for whatever reason, which is absolutely your right, and we, of course, encourage you to do so if that's your choice, absolutely. Um, Even those parents, though, need to understand that their tax dollars are, are being used for this system that educates the vast majority of students right. in the country. And we cannot survive as a nation if we have 80% of the kids in the country being educated to hate themselves, hate their parents, hate their country, and hate God. Yeah. This, is, this isn't something that's going to be sustainable.
1: And, you know, we talk about... Um you know congressional elections presidential elections you know we see the policies coming from the Biden administration that are 180 degrees from the Trump administration and you know we want to we want to see elections uh, go the right way but this is something we've got to get at the front of the the pipeline if you will if we, if we addri- if we win every election but we we continue to allow what's happening in the public school system there's going to come a point it's going to be a tipping point where there'll be no turning back uh, because we'll have, as you mentioned earlier, a population that has been taught to to, to hate America, uh, not value life itself. Right. And at, at that point, uh, you know, we, we will be in a very serious, serious downward spiral as a country.
9: Well, it, it is one of the things I think that people are really starting to realize And um, that's why there's been such a a turnout at school board meetings and board of supervisors meetings and in all of local government and why the Department of of Justice sees the need to act upon this ridiculous request from the school board association, because we are making a difference. Our voices are being heard. They are not the majority of this country. Right. And if they didn't need to be so authoritarian, they wouldn't need to be so yeah. authoritarian if they were yeah, really right, in control. Right. If
1: right? they were if, if they were speaking to a majority of the Americans and where parents were, they wouldn't need uh, you know, the guards at the school board meetings exactly. telling s- parents to sit down and shut up. We don't want to hear your views. You
9: don't need to silence people who aren't in the majority.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Meg Kilgannon, always great to talk with you. Look forward to seeing you at the Prayvote Stand Summit this it's week. It's
9: going to be great this week.
1: And, folks, I hope you will turn, tune in as well to the Prayvote Stand Summit. You can find out more by going to prayvotestand.org. Maybe you can't get to Leesburg, Virginia, but you can by technology, via technology. You can join us online. Again, all the information at prayvotestand.org. By all means, do your part to get our republic back on the right track. And nothing is more important than the local schools and what's happening in your community. So think nationally, but act locally. Until next time, I leave you with the encouraging words. The Apostle Paul found in Ephesians 6, where he says when you've done everything you can do, when you've prayed, when you've prepared, and when you've taken your stand, by all means, keep standing.